One Week Season. One Week Season, fam. La Familia. Welcome back. It is good to be here. I am Mike Johnson, M. Johnson 86, as I'm known in those DFS and best ball streets. I am coming to you today. It is Friday, August 18th, with your game theory training session for our 2023 Best Ball Plus product. And apologies for the delay this week. You can probably still hear it a little bit. My voice has been struggling. Um, I'll try to. Uh, it's improving, and I'll try to keep it a uh, little condensed and get through the information this week. But <clears throat> excited to be here with you. We once again this week are going to focus on drafters. Drafters.com, if you have not been there yet, um, if you've been listening, um, you should be aware of it. But they are on pace to have a significant amount of overlay. They've got a really unique contest structure. No playoffs, 17 weeks, cumulative points. Looking again like there's going to be overlay. Uh, it's They're struggling to fill, but, you know, even if they don't fill, we want them, uh, we want the, uh, this product to be successful for them. For the, the state of best ball, it is good for competition. It's good. That's good for customers. Um, so while, yeah, it would be nice if there's 50% overlay, that's not sustainable for a company. So that's going to uh, long-term not be great for us. And it's great having these multiple options to play on. So with that in mind, uh, highly recommend you play over on drafters. If you do not already have <clears throat> an account or you have not deposited you can use promo code OWS to uh, deposit. You will get a hundred percent bonus, up to a hundred dollars on your first deposit. If you have uh, previously played, you can use code OWS Reload for a twenty percent match on any deposit up to a hundred dollars. <throat> so, highly recommend you take check that out. If you haven't played on there, uh, there's some written works as well uh, on the site. And I've done multiple other drafter-specific theory training sessions that you can check out. So, uh, with that, <clears throat> with that in mind, we will get to it. And here we go. So, I'm going to start today off talking to you about some what I like to call cheat codes, um, and they're specifically valuable, in my opinion, on the draft the drafters format. Uh, if you've been listening since the start, uh, since May or June, um, you probably remember one of my training sessions I talked about combining multiple players from the same position, uh, you know, and using them together, what they can accumulate. One of those uh, specific situations I talked about was the Bears, Chicago Bears running backs. Now, the situation with them is... Last year, they had David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. The Bears' offense was poor on, you know, early on in the season. Um, 
about seven weeks into the season, they kind of started to figure things out. Um, and what's interesting is the Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery pairing. If you took, if you look at their whole season, those two combined, okay, uh, for 13 games scoring double digit, uh, PPR points. So in those 13 games, they scored 224 points, which is 17.2 points per game. Okay. Now, uh, when I did this breakdown, this was using DraftKings scoring. Um, so those numbers would be slightly lower, uh, just ever so slightly on drafters because they do not get the hundred yard rushing bonus, uh, which they, uh, got, you know, uh, two or three times, I believe, throughout the season, but pretty close to the same uh, scoring on drafters. So when you add in, there's three other games, obviously, uh, the drafters format or the, you know, any best ball format goes through week 17. So with one bye week, <clears throat> each team plays 16 games during that window. So during the 16 games, those team, uh, those two, uh, if you add the top score from the three games where they did not have a double digit, uh, score average 15.3 points per game. So let's round it down to adjust for the, uh, lack of a bonus. So now we're at 15 points per game, 15 points per game and 16 weeks is 240 points. Also, we talked about how um, in previous training session, I broke down positional silos. This was in an advance rate uh, situation um, for the DraftKings training session. On drafters, talked about how 250 points per position, uh, roughly... Um, sorry, that was for DraftKings. 250 points per position, uh, the eight positions over 14 weeks would get you to that 2,000-point threshold. Now, on drafters, the winning score was just over 2,700 points last year. We talked about how uh, that 2,700 points over 17 weeks is right around... 160 points, which is 20 points per position. Now, that's going to vary, right? If you're going to win this contest, not every position is going to average exactly 20 points. We talked about, we've talked about uh, positional silos, and we'll get into some more stuff with that later today. <clears throat> Where I'm going with this, if you can't see, is that the Bears running back position last season averaged 15 points per game. Now, you have these ambiguous situations, we'll call it, on offenses where people don't really know exactly who to target. We're unsure uh, with who will be the lead back to start the season how long they will maintain that status, how will work be split up. But when you are looking, and this is the beauty of the drafters format, 
when you're looking at the cumulative result, you can make some macro assumptions and you can have a little bit greater um, confidence in them. So David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert last year, they both battled some injuries. Um, They were coming back from some injuries at times. The Bears offense was learning. um, The coaches were learning their players, particularly building around Justin Fields. The players were learning a new system. There was some bumps in the road, especially early in the season. Even with that, they averaged that 15 points. So now this season, we have three running backs in the mix. Khalil Herbert, who um, housed a screen pass in his first preseason game, which has bumped his ADP a bit. And then you have Dante Foreman, uh, who had some monster games last year, big bruising back. Uh, was very good for the Panthers, signed him free agency. And Rashawn Johnson, a fourth-round pick in the NFL draft out of Texas. He was overshadowed overshadowed by Bijan Robinson uh, in college. And um, But by all accounts, you know, he's more talented than uh, being given credit for by many people and kind of was a steal in the fourth round of the draft. So three capable players. There's a lot of wanting to be right, wanting to, uh, you know, plant your flag on which of those guys is going to be the right guy that goes on. The reality is that how this plays out is very likely to be a mixed bag. Herbert could start the year as the lead back. He could have some games where he's getting lots of carries. Um, you know, he's never carried the load though for an extended period. Foreman could, uh, you know, struggle to get a lot of touches, but he could have multiple games where he gets, uh, you know, get, has multiple touchdown games. He could have a couple of those. We've seen him with his big body, uh, get out in the open field and break things off. Rashawn Johnson, rookies come on late in the season. It could be easily be a mixture of these three or just two of the three. So my hypothesis with the Bears running backs, and I talked about it back in May, and it was more focused on uh, DraftKings. But on drafters, you look at running backs last season who averaged in that same range. Tony Pollard averaged 15.4 points per game. Dalvin Cook, 14.5 points per game. Ramondre Stevenson, 15 points per game. Aaron Jones, 15 points per game. Kenneth Walker, 14 points per game. Alvin Kamara, 15. Nick Chubb, 18. Travis Etienne, 14. I mean, these are high-end players. These are players who are being drafted very high. So you look at Herbert. uh, You look at... Foreman, and you look at Rashawn Johnson, Herbert's going, his ADP is in the ninth round. Um, Rashawn Johnson in the 13th and Dante Foreman in the 14th. So in a previous training session, I broke down the winners or the top 10 teams in drafters format. Uh, Drafters actually posted the screenshots of those draft boards um, and kind of were like on Twitter 
and asked, you know, what are your takeaways? And I saw a couple of people saying, you know, how the later round picks oftentimes don't matter, which I disagree with. I think that, uh, you know, and this is, I'm digressing a, a a tad here, but I think it's relevant. I think those later round picks, how you use them is heavily influenced by how you use your earlier picks. So what I'm getting at here is the Bears running backs, you put those three, if you were to draft all three players, last season you were able to get locked down essentially one spot. We talked about positional silos. So if you can just picture your roster broken down into eight spots and know in that spot, last year we had 15 points per game locked in from Chicago Bears running back. The best ball, you would, if you will, of Chicago RB was one of those running back spots. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, last year they had averaged 15 points per game. This year, they're arguably better, healthier, and the offense is looking like it's going to be much more aggressive. It's looking like it is going to score points. Um, it's going to play at a faster pace. They're going to throw the ball more, which is going to help the running backs. They also, I think, learned a lesson last year. When Justin Fields was going on his tear and looked like he was taking over the league, they were giving him so many carries, and then that's when he got hurt. Uh, it was the Falcons game, and he was carrying the ball you know, 11 to 15 times a game, and he finally took a big hit. Um, well, he'd taken many. And that's where, that's where these guys have to think about the longevity of their franchise quarterback. So when you think about the upside of this, the upside and stability that this grouping provides you, it really is kind of a cheat code. I think that there are a couple other situations that potentially warrant that that same attention, if you will. Uh, The Dolphins running backs. Now that Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets. The Dolphins look pretty locked in in their backfield. They had, you know, they have one of the best running schemes in the league um, with the, with the uh, uh, Mike McDaniel offense, of course, coming for, over from San Francisco, which we know has always produced a uh, consistent rushing attack. Last year, they struggled with quarterback play, keeping Tua healthy, but still they had a ton of production from their running back position. And you look at uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, who are currently being drafted in the 12th and 14th rounds. And those are the two guys who are extremely likely to be the lead backs. You have Devon Achain, if I'm saying that correctly, the rookie running back, he has a 10th round ADP. I'm unsure how to how to view him, quite honestly, from player take perspective. I'm kind of low on him. I don't know that he has like feature back potential. But I do think if I was going to draft him, it would be part of a, as part of a conglomerate. You look at the Dolphins offense and how efficient, how much they how efficient they were, how much they scored last season with Tua under center, 
I think you could say with a good deal of certainty that Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, will each miss a couple games this season. Seems that they do every year. Um, Not necessarily huge injuries, um, but they get nicked up. So, again, 10th, 12th, 14th round. Very similar ADPs to those Bears running backs. And again, if you look at what those players provide you in terms of stability, floor, ceiling, you know, there's a lot of people who would argue that this strategy is uh, hurting your ceiling. But I, again, when you look at the overall, how we're approaching drafters and the positional, the the concept of positional silos, the quarterback position, we know getting a top four quarterback, getting one of those top tier quarterbacks, wildly valuable, has a huge correlation with the top teams we saw last year. That may slightly differ this year with the quarterbacks being drafted earlier, but regardless, we know without passing bonuses, rushing quarterbacks are more valuable. So you can take your shot at QB and you don't need to be drafting three or four quarterbacks. If you're trying to win this thing, take your shot at QB. You draft, I've talked at length about the advantage of Travis Kelsey if he has another tight end one season, a Travis Kelsey type season that separates at the position. You're drafting one other tight end with Travis Kelsey, um, and it's going to be a relatively later pick, and there's a ton of tight ends available in the 16th to 19th rounds. We're going to be on the field every every play. Uh or close to every player, have great receiving chops. Luke Musgrave, Jake Ferguson, Hunter Henry, um, Tyler Conklin. Uh, You know, this is just off the top of my head. You look at Isaiah Likely, his contingent value, something happens to Mark Andrews. So you have all those guys that you can draft as your tight end too. You have Kelsey or, and I love doing this, taking Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson. And it's a bet that they're going to have a spike year and or Travis Kelsey is going to have a down year, and they are the tight end one. So from a building standpoint, it becomes a lot easier real quick on a roster like that to put three running backs from that same team together. Now, what have you done? Whether you take three Bears or you take three Dolphins, there's eight roster spots, quarterback, two running back, three receiver, tight end, flex. So eight roster spots that we need to account for. And by simply taking an elite quarterback and making a bet that they're going to be a top two or three quarterback, taking a top end tight end that, and it's a bet that they're going to be the tight end one or close to it. We know we could feel pretty confident that we've got two of the eight positions taken care of. These cheat codes. Yes, you're allocating three draft spots to kind of knock out that position. But 
You've now over five draft picks taken out three of your eight starting positions. If you want to count the second quarterback and second tight end, I understand. So seven, so two quarterbacks, two tight ends, and three either Bears or Dolphins running backs. You now have seven tight ends. Or seven tight ends. (laughs) Seven uh, of your 20 roster spots taken up. That's 35% of your roster. Well, you also have three of your eight positional silos, you know, each of your eight positions that you have to start each week taken care of. You're on pace. You're above pace, probably. If you have tight end one production, that's close to 20 points game. That's, you know, what Travis Kelsey averaged last year. If you have quarterback one production, that's mid to upper 20s. You know, that's 27, 28 points per game. So then you have the 15 points, 15 to 18 points, depending on how it plays out, you know, how things ham and egg with whatever team you've taken. And you're above combined between those three positions. You're above that 20 point per game threshold and you're three eighths of the way through your roster, you know, when you're looking at over the course of the season. So I love the floor aspect and the um, use of draft capital to kind of lock down different positions. I've talked about this positional silo concept, and I think it's just, it's super, it's, it's, it's extremely intriguing, and I think that everybody's trying to hit a home run on every pick sometimes, and a lot of times just let me let me take a step back rankings i make the rankings for draftkings also got drafters rankings coming out which are going to be very similar to draftkings but adjust for the some of the strategies i've talked about now the thing about rankings and this is ironic because i make our rankings but I find them kind of irrelevant once you actually start drafting. Um, I mean, they're relevant in the sense that if you're trying to take a certain position, if you're trying to, you know, there are times where, yeah, you're just going to look best player. But also, I look at things like this, where what these players specifically provide you, you know, if you have Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson on your roster through 13 rounds. And in the 14th round, you can take Dante Foreman or you can take someone else. A lot of people think it could be a wasted roster spot, but I think especially in this format, there is so much value to that, um, you know, on a team like this, to knowing, to, to the certainty, to knowing with... Nothing is certain in this life, I guess, but to having a very strong um, level of certainty that you have locked up, this pick can lock up a position for you. It can lock up one of your positional silos, one of your roster spots. So think about that. You know, 
Love to hear some feedback. The other one I kind of bounced around specific to running backs uh, was the Eagles situation, which is getting a ton of attention. Um, my Kenneth Gainwell's kind of getting steam. Uh, I think DeAndre Swift in the seventh, Rashad Penny in the ninth, and Kenneth Gainwell in the 11th or 12th. Um, my That draft capital is, is a little bit higher, but I do like pairing two of them on a roster and it's a little riskier because obviously the one you don't take could be the one that ends up smashing. Um, but I think it's just like a numbers game. And I think two, any two of the three, uh, is really interesting bet just because I do think that there's going to be an odd man out in that group. Uh, when it's all said and done, I think there's more likely to be an odd man out and there's a higher draft capital. So I think if you're going to try to do that one, it's a little harder to do uh, if you're giving up a seventh round pick when you take Swift. Um, But that's an interesting one. The other uh, one that stood out to me is the Bills tight end situation. So the Bills, they have uh, Dalton Kincaid, rookie tight end, who was kind of a steal. They traded up to pick him in the NFL draft with the 24th pick. But uh, Kincaid had suffered a back injury in college. He wasn't able to work out for the combine. He had lost some weight. There was questions around him. Um, But he, by all accounts, is healthy now. And, I mean, the comparisons, and I know there's a lot of wild comparisons sometimes, but I've heard it multiple times, multiple sources. And when you see a move, you kind of understand it, are a Travis Kelsey type of, why, uh, receiving tight end. Um, and from all accounts, I think that the formation or the personnel you're likely to see on on the field the most for the Bills is going to be Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis at out, out wide at wide receiver. Um, Dawson Knox as the inline tight end and Dalton Kincaid as kind of a move tight end or moved out in the slot, put out wide. Um, you know, they could put him out wide, move digs to the slot, um, kind of a movable chess piece. And so what you have with these bills, tight ends, Dawson Knox goes in the 15th round. We've seen him as a preferred target in the red zone, have several multi multi touchdown games over the years for Josh Allen. Um, every year he has several double digit scoring games, and I don't think his role is actually going to change that much. I think Dalton Kincaid is the answer to the Buffalo Bills, who will be the wide receiver three between Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield. I think those guys are going to be on the field less um, less than people realize. And those two tight ends are going to be out there a lot. How that affects us for drafters and for, um, for well, for fantasy in general, but specific for drafters, they're both tight end eligible. So they're both on the field. But again, when you talk about trying to uh, knock out a certain position, if you don't have that elite tight end, what I've been doing a lot is I'll take like a next tier type of tight end, like a Dallas Goddard, a Evan Ingram, uh, even a David Njoku, someone like that. Dalton Schultz, and then pair them with, you know, and those are tight ends who I think are very good, but they're unlikely to be 
because of their respective situations, I think they're unlikely to be consistent. Like they're not going to be the tight end one. So how do we get that position to catch up? Well, they're going to have some good weeks. And then if you put both Buffalo tight ends on that roster with them, if you look at what Dalton, uh, excuse me, Dawson, not Dawson Knox and the Dawson Dalton thing's going to kill me this year. Um, but Dawson Knox and the Bills wide receiver three, like Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir last year, you look at their games and I mean, that was some really high production. I haven't done the math on it. I just looked through it, but you're talking about a bunch of like 12 to 18 point games. And again, if you are able to kind of keep pace or kind of cheat code your way through there, uh, super, super valuable. And you look at the uh, total scoring for uh, the position. Again, the Bills could score more. They kind of they kind of uh, slowed down towards the end of last season, and I think uh, Kincaid could kind of spark them again. But these are run are tight ends as well. So even if you have you could have a week where both uh, Kincaid and Knox are contributing. Uh, to your roster. So that's kind of my, the main cheat code, the non running back cheat code that stood out to me. There's other ways you can do this. In one of my storyboards, I talked about, um, I took Christian Watson earlier in the draft, uh, and I took uh, Luke Musgrave later, you know, and thought process kind of being if Musgrave has a spike week, he kind of, um, you know, there's some floor there with, with kind of stacking those teammates, even if I don't have their quarterback. So those cheat codes, you know, positional silos, something I've talked about uh, at length in the past, uh, both in my DraftKings advancement uh, training session and my previous drafters training session. But I think those cheat codes for uh, drafters, it's so, so valuable. And it, it, again, when you think of your roster, when you break it down kind of mathematically and you break it into to different parts, different segments, um, you could see how knocking out one specific position, just wildly valuable. Wildly valuable for what it provides you in terms of points, but also wildly valuable in terms of what it provides you in stability. And knowing what you need to do with the rest of your roster. Knowing how you need to fill out the rest of your roster. Like, it's great. Let's say you have you take Jalen Hurts at the and Mark Andrews at the 2-3 turn. And then you take the three Bears running backs. Like, what they're going to provide you in that pace that I talked about, if, you know, they end up tops at their positions for, the, for Andrews and Hurts, and the Bears running backs provide you 16, 17 points per game. So you're on pace there. But even more valuable is that you know. You know you just have to take a late quarterback and late tight end. Uh, you know, someone with value who doesn't have the same bye week that's going to provide, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, a few points um, to keep you, keep you afloat on those weeks where Andrews and Hurts are... Um, are not uh, are are on by, 
But you know, you what do you have left? You've got three receivers, a running back, and a flex spot, and you have 15 draft spots, 13 if you take away the second uh, quarterback and tight end. So you have 13 draft slots to take out these last five spots. If you have Hurts and Andrews, you've already made a bet either on Christian McCaffrey as your running back one or Eckler or Bijan or a top end uh, wide receiver. So really you've got half of your roster through three rounds. You, you've essentially made your bets on positional silos on, you know, I think I have the wide receiver one or, or running back one and I'm going to, you know, it's like a parlay. I'm betting on Jamar Chase as the wide receiver one. I'm betting on Mark Andrews as the tight end one. Jalen Hurts as the quarterback one. And I think the Bears running backs or the Dolphins running backs are going to conglomerate their way to, um, you know, a 16, 17 point per game uh, season, you know, in terms of their best ball. Not to mention the fact that those, those positions as well multiple Bears running backs could provide you with usable weeks. So that number could be even even higher. But I digress. Um, you know, so you've got half of your roster basically taken care of, and you've got 12 picks now. Those are the ones where you got to be right. Those are the ones where you got to find the guys who, um, you know, who their weeks match up well together, who they have the right spike weeks at the right time, who stay healthy. Uh, you've got to find a, a late running back or receiver um, that's going overlooked. But you've essentially given yourself a floor on what you're trying from from that point, from that floor, where you're trying to go from there. Now, when you think about drafters. Now I've talked about this, even if you don't have the bankroll, I think, you know, these strategies, and these are all things you can exploit in the, in the $3, which they their $3, their mini tournament is going to fill. But I still think that this format is so different. I mean, there's people drafting on there for week 17 correlation. There's people panicking because they don't get a, a, a full team stack with the, including the quarterback, you know, which, um, I'm going to get into that next week. Why I don't think that I think on drafters, if you do a team stack without the quarterback, that's more than viable. And it might even in a lot of situations be optimal. Um, but I'll get more, I'll get deeper in the weeds in that next week. Once my voice is, uh, not falling apart on you guys. But again, where I'm going with this is I think if you are playing high volume of best ball right now, it should all be focused on drafters. I mean, if you have the bankroll to play on multiple sites, that's great. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. Any dollar that you spend on best ball right now that is on a site other than drafters, um, if you end up not maxing on drafters, you know, you are spending your money wrong. Um, it's, it's negative, a negative EV decision, I guess I'll say, you know, there's a, a certain aspect of it. If you enjoy the playoff format, entertainment value wise, um, you know, I understand it, but in terms of pure expected value return on your investment, 
Drafters is where you should be first and foremost. Um, and you know, I'm, that's, that's where I'm playing. I'm not telling you anything, uh, that I myself am not doing. Um, so where I'm going with this is this specific strategy, you can place lots of different parlays. You know, you can build multiple teams that have that same kind of base to start. You know, you could have, you think about what I just said, the Jalen Hurts, uh, Mark Andrews, and Bears running backs. You could build three or four teams like that. And this is actually kind of, I'm giving away, this is basically what I'm trying to do with my early, when I have early uh, first round picks on drafters right now. And you can do that with uh, one time with Justin, one or two times with Justin Jefferson, one or two times with Jamar Chase, one or two times with uh, Cooper Cup, where, you know, again, it you don't have to have this huge player stance, especially on these top end premium players where it could be any of them, but it, you know, it gives you different shots. You know, you could do it with uh, Travis Kelsey as the tight end. You know, you could uh, Travis Kelsey and um, Patrick Mahomes, you know, take them in the first and second round, knowing that you have those two spots taken care of. And then you knock out a running back spot with one of these positional groups, uh, Bears or Dolphins. Um, So, yeah, I just think that the biggest thing that people are missing when they move to drafters format is thinking of the cumulative effects and the value that these players uh, have players who might only be relevant for four or five weeks. Right. Um, But on DraftKings, a lot of times you kind of need them uh, to be relevant on the right weeks uh, in the playoffs. But on drafters, you have, you not only are, are raising your floor and providing certainty, but also there's inherently more likelihood that like Dante Foreman, I talked about before, 14th round. If he's going to have a handful of weeks that he is relevant, say he only has four or five good weeks all year. When are those weeks most likely to be? They're most likely to be when Rashawn Johnson and Khalil Herbert don't have as good of weeks. So like, yeah, he's got even more value on that team um, than just taking a shot in the dark and say you have two early round running backs. Let's say you start B. John Robinson and Tony Pollard. Dante Foreman, if his weeks come on that same week where both of them are, are playing well, his week might not even make much of a dent for your roster. So by building around like the Bears running back, is one of my positional spots. It just, it opens so much up for you. It gives you, I'm, I'm kind of rambling on about the same stuff. I'm, I'm assuming if you're listening right now, you understand how I feel and you understand the concept. If not, go ahead and listen back. But, um, you know, just highly recommend. And, you know, if you have your own strategies or you have your own, uh, specific situations or positions that you think are relevant or can fit this same mold, go for it. Because um, everybody else is just 
They're trying to bet on one ceiling outcome that one player from these situations uh, emerges and becomes this like, oh, you had to have it type guy. But the reality is that it's unlikely that there's just one right answer. Uh, And especially when you're looking at the cumulative nature of drafters, we have to take advantage of that format, that um, inefficiency in the market in terms of how everybody is approaching it. So uh, with that in mind, I will wrap up here, get out of your hair, and come be back to you in a couple days, uh, hopefully sounding a little bit smoother. So uh, best of luck drafting this weekend. Get out and enjoy the, the August weather and one of the last couple weeks of the summer. Watch some NFL football, take it in, and we will talk to you next week.